Welcome to PhD with Women on IT Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young and today's PhD Positivity Hack Delivered will be by our guest Diana Florescu. Our topic of today is Venture Building Studios 101, a new model for entrepreneurship. PhD episode 32 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my motto, and empathy is critical when you're building venture studios, a new model for, for entrepreneurship. We are going to learn from our expert. So this episode's guest, Diana Floresco, will explain the difference between different organizations dedicated to systematically producing new companies. Diana is a founding member of Grey Ventures, a venture building studio headquartered in Romania. A UCL entrepreneurship graduate, she has held various marketing and sales roles, working at all levels up to CEO in the last seven years. Her projects span multiple sectors, including technology, gaming, consulting, media and entertainment, retail, among others. Diana has owned her global perspectives by working and living in five countries, including the UK, USA, Qatar, Germany and Romania, and recently Warsaw, I believe. Diana, where in the world are you today? Hi, Veta. It's great to be here. I'm actually back in Bucharest with my family. Um, I was uh, traveling a bit for the last couple of weeks, uh, despite restrictions that we have in Europe right now. So I'm back in Bucharest, but I will be in Warsaw actually next week. So uh, hopefully we'll see each other around. Fantastic. Uh, well, uh, make sure you've got warm boots because it's actually freezing here. So yeah. <laughs> coming from London, um, rainy days in London, and now it's actually even colder. So go figure. We are getting not only the bad weather, but also misery and um, so on. Anyway, yeah, I, but let's I packed my clothes away, so all the summer clothes are packed. So no worries. Oh, I'm I know. Ready Hashtag for first world problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, at least we've got some clothes to choose from. That's anyway, great. let's go into the topic of entrepreneurship and venture building. Diana, you've been involved in startups, and we actually met at the Wolf Summit. Um, That's right. Last year, was it last year or two years ago? Last October, yes. So it's coming up to a year now. That's right. Fabulous. So what did you do there? And uh, what can you tell us about what you were doing at that stage? Um, so with maybe I should start. Uh, I mean, thank you so much for the introduction. I don't know what else to add. Um, it, it sounded like I've been doing a lot of things, but to be uh, to be honest, the last couple of years, I've spent my time in in venture building, so at Gry, uh, together with my, my business partner, Stefan, and also with Wolf Summit, uh, which last summer, 
Um, it was initially um, a temporary engagement uh, working alongside Mike, um, which evolved in a much uh, much longer relationship collaboration over the years. So we'll talk about that, uh, about Wolf Summit as well, I hope, uh, during today's discussion. But at that stage last uh, summer with Grai, um, maybe I should start going back a little to explain what, what we do at Grai um, and what maybe venture, uh, what a venture studio is. Um, so Grai, uh, when actually when we started Grai, Stefan started Grai a few years back. Um, I don't think the, the concept of venture studio um, even existed in Romania or even Eastern Europe. So it's a fairly new concept. I think everyone is trying to figure out how the structure really works. Um, and from the very beginning, um, all our ideas were originating internally. We right now have a team of eight people um, that actively work on the, on the companies that we incubate inside Cry. These are ideas that, as I said, um, originate from problems or opportunities that we see in the market. But last summer, we also thought about um, kind of spanning out a division, if I can call it this way, focused a lot on working alongside other partners, such as corporations, organizations, or universities. So when we met, um, we were at a stage of just setting up the structure and the infrastructure of GRI, and now a year forward. A lot of things have happened, uh, and I hope we can talk about that. Um, later in the podcast, um, but essentially we have our core function of repeating and having this process of building these companies internally. Uh, we also we're incubating a company that spun out of a university, so we have a scientist on board with us, and we are preparing to launch uh, one of our first companies just next month. So many things happened, good things. Excellent. I am looking forward to see what the company might be. Uh, we actually um, bonded over the fact that uh, we are both working in technology and we are, you know, one of the few leftovers of uh, whatever men uh, decided to give us and, uh, you know, whatever functions we were uh, given, whatever opportunities we were giving. And we were talking about the fact that the, the different dynamics play different roles in different, under different um, jurisdictions or different geography scenes. So you told me that um, it's quite an interesting to, to work, to be working in different countries. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that before we deep dive into Venture Studio and more touch uh, more on that topic? Sure. Um, I mean, I've, gosh, I've, I've also lived in very, um, very different countries from one another, right? So if you take Qatar, um, I think that's, uh, it's a completely different you know, part of the world compared to the US. So you've got almost um, two countries sitting at opposite um, uh, poles on a spectrum. Um, I, I think it's also the nature of the industry. I've always worked very closely um, with, um, from young to um, all the, you know, uh, professionals. Um, and I've always worked in diverse teams. 
and I personally, as, as a woman in tech, um, I, I, I've been exposed to a lot of opportunities and um, I never really felt, for example, underrepresented, uh, even though I know there's a lot more we can do, especially in raising investment and startup founders. But um, in the US, for example, I've worked uh, closely with um, a couple of partners at that time, the company I was working for, um, and I've learned a lot uh, from, from his leadership. Uh, well, in Qatar, I was really exposed to um, just different mindsets and different ways of working. Uh, we had partners um, in the region that, um, they just had a completely different lifestyle, right? Different principles as well that you have to adapt to. And that really impacted, I think, my maybe my like, emotional intelligence and that um, flexibility and being able to adapt quickly, uh, which I think I'm sure we can talk about this later, but this sort of skills are absolutely fundamental. Um, I think as, a, as anyone, but especially as a woman in business, um, being able to grow that resilience, being able to adapt um, and have that empathy. I think, as you said as well in the beginning of the talk, uh, I think it's fundamental and learned that a lot from working in different uh, ecosystems. Just last week, we talked with Dr. Jackie Taylor, who talked about the empathy economy, how important it is to build the venture that is going to bring social good and it's not just focused on profits. So tell me a little bit, we, we touched upon the adapting quickly and it's critical for any startups. We've been working with startups all over the world. Um, we've had similar experience. You at one stage used to work for a startup bootcamp in London. Um, right. So it's, it's a very fast paced environment. So how is venture studio, virtual venture building different to what models are there? So, and maybe you could explain what models are available and what's the difference between the new new model? Sure. Um, and I will try, try to keep it short because I think this can, this can last for a while. Um, so maybe before going to the comparison between what's out there and venture studios, um, uh, maybe just worth trying to share what I understand or how I see a venture studio. And um, I would say also that this there's no such definition of a venture studio. There's no universal way of defining a venture studio. And that's why we've seen um, a, a huge, almost an explosion of companies calling themselves venture studios. Uh, but to me, um, a venture building studio really comes down to having a build function attached to a source of capital. Um, so um, another way of putting this would be to almost think as a venture capital firm that would be building uh, new new startups. And um, venture building studios, they do actually have a pretty fundamental role in the overarching ecosystem of startups, right? So by all means, we're not coming to the market to take over accelerators or push out incubators or trying to, um, I don't know, challenge VCs. I think we, you know, accelerators and incubators, these two uh, are additional forms or adjacent organizational types to venture studios, for example, they are fundamental as well because they've paved the way to venture studios, for example, like us, uh, to, to come into the market. 
where with VCs, for example, we look at venture capital firms as partners. Um, and uh, we see that model changing so much as well. Um, so many new, sophisticated, specialized venture capital firms that are coming up on the market to either invest in corporate startups or to actually partner up with venture studios, right? So the fundamental difference, I think, between an accelerator and a venture studio, um, and I did work in accelerators, you're right, is that um, a venture studio like like Gry, for example, we would go beyond the three months of acceleration, right? So an accelerator would um, have a call for application, scout, many companies so they would look elsewhere externally from the accelerator they would place multiple bets on different companies knowing that most of them will fail so um, it's almost like in, in in venture capital right and they would be incubated for three months um and then there's a demo day at the end and potentially some of these companies will join the alumni community where that's all fine but our approach is fundamentally different. We don't have any call for applications. There's no such external companies or startups that um, we incubate in our studio. These are ideas that, as I said, originate internally. Of course, we look for very talented entrepreneurs to come and build together on the idea. Um, and uh, we also go beyond that three months, right? So for us, there's no there's no uh, timestamp. Um, the moment we build that company, that company stay with us, we uh, grow it from an ideation stage, validate the business model, iterate, um, trying to fundraise as well. We don't have a fund right now. Um, however, we have a close network of investors where we can go and invest um, in the startup. So I think this is really the fundamental difference between the models. Um, and as I said, the model is changing so quickly. So I think it's pretty exciting space to watch and where this could uh, end up in, in, in a decade from now. Fascinating um, and uh, good to hear that you're touching upon something that not many people are, are brave enough to touch upon. Um, you started this ventures, venture studio uh, with a couple of partners. You Did you team up with like corporates as well? Is there anybody on the on your team that is supporting or giving ideas to these startups? How does it work with Gry Ventures? Sure. Um, so right now, uh, so at the very moment, um, our focus still remains on on the internal function of our studio so these ideas do originate internally or um, I mentioned we, we're, we're seeing opportunities on the market um, I I do believe in um, it, you know the power or if you want the performance of startups that originate out of a collaboration with an established organization like a corporation in that regards. Um, I think in Eastern Europe or Central Eastern Europe, um, the last nine months uh, for me have been a steep curve because I, um, I've really, I've been here where most of the time I'm based in London. So I came down here spending most of the time in Central Eastern Europe having endless conversations, plenty of conversations with uh, different corporations. And I feel like that the, the, the need is there um, and the willingness is there because let's just remember that 
the idea of creating a startup or a corporate startup really comes out of necessity to try to be more competitive on the market. Um, it's not just doing another hackathon or accelerator. Um, it takes a lot of time, a lot of uh, determination, um, the buy-in from all the senior people, as well as funding, right? So these are not easy conversations. Um, however, I, I think corporations in the side of Europe because already, if you look at the UK, Germany, the Nordics, um, uh, I think the, the mindset is a bit different. Um, there's been corporations that I also know of that they've done venture building um, uh, before, uh, internally, externally as well. So the, these conversations are still going. Um, and I'm really pleased that they're going the right direction. Uh, at this very moment, we still focus on our internal function but also university spin-outs, which uh, I'm sure you probably have heard a lot as well. Uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty hot topic, uh, which I think should have got way more attention earlier. Um, but it's a, it's, it's fundamental as well to the creation of new startups. There's a lot of extremely talented um, scientists that what they need, they need a business development and that business acumen that a venture studio in our case could provide. So we are happy to be already testing this model. Uh, we have one company of such. And uh, I think for the next year or so, we will be focusing most of our efforts on fundraising and building the three companies we currently have incubated at Cry. Well done. Um, let me remind our community that this is a grassroots organization that focuses on women on IT. And we want to hear your voices. If you have any question, if you want to chip in any suggestion, please do so because we want you to succeed. As And the mantra of activism is, if nobody says anything, nothing changes. So here is your opportunity to speak to awesome Diana Florescu to ask her question about entrepreneurship, start startups, venture building, venture capital, all the buzzwords of startup world. Diana, let me ask you a, a very fundamental question. How was it for you to raise capital for your venture, whether it's current venture or previous ventures? How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, tough question. I'm trying to, uh, I, I might not be able to disclose much with Groy because as I said, we're still very much in that process. But um, um, another thing to, uh, I feel like I do need to add this and may, maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe because um, this is my my personality, or maybe because I'm also a woman in this um, uh, in this topic. But I we're still learning a lot, or myself, I'm still learning a lot about the model. So um, I think by all means, I'm not uh, I'm not an expert, and I think it's changing so fast that we're really trying to figure out from uh, things like uh, basic things, right? Like how to structure. For example, cap table when um, a startup uh, would have a GRI or another venture studio as an investor and a shareholder in that cap table, or um, how to choose your legal structure for your fund, speaking about investment, right? Because there's multiple ways of raising money for a studio. Um, right now, at least we've decided to go with um, this the single studio model and have a direct investment in GRI. 
um, in exchange for equity for the investors and potentially rights to further invest in our portfolio. Um, it is uh, right that to say that we also work alongside companies, um, external companies, uh, startups that are looking just for fundraising. Um, so we do have um, a couple of uh, really um, ambitious entrepreneurs that they validated their concept or they're even at a much later stage where Cry just joins in to, to help with that fundraise. Um, I think it's it's always challenging uh, with, with fundraising. And um, of course, there's a lot of discussions around um, the difference between gender. And I'm sure everyone knows the famous article about what questions do female founders get asked by an investor compared to a, um, a male founder, for example. I think um, I would rather not go in that direction. However, I would like to say that it's really encouraging um, the change I'm seeing. Um, not only on the startups, on the female-led startups that are getting funded, but the the wide range of initiatives that I've seen on the market. Um, I was part uh, myself of an organization called Diversity uh, VC uh, last summer. Um, they uh, support diversity and inclusion in in venture capital, which I think it's 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 paramount at this time. Um, there's, uh, of course, women in IT. I think what you're doing, Berta, is great um, to get visibility on women founders um, and potentially even get them uh, much closer to investors. But I think the overall market, um, it just needs to change, you know. Um, and I, it's not just about gender. I think it's about diversity overall. Uh, we're talking about um, minorities that, I think by definition, it's a bit harder to get into this space if you're not coming from a privileged background, um, in my opinion. So we just need to get that visibility across. Um, and I think initiatives like yours are, are just doing a, a fantastic job. Sorry, I just muted myself because we've got a builders working. It's definitely <laughs> men because they didn't listen to me. I told them not to start <laughs> drilling and here you go. We've got some questions coming. One is coming from Olga. Great to see you. Um, great to see PhD back. What are the particular issues that Romania faces for a venture builder? Hmm. Um... I mean, Olga, thanks so much for that question. It's a really good one. Um, I would maybe, I would, I would, I would, I would phrase it this way, or put it in the context of uh, what problems do actually venture builders um, or venture building studios uh, trying to address? And if we think about the um, really fast growth of venture studios over the last decade, one of the reasons is because it's trying to tackle the the, the startup failure rate, which is something that I mean, everyone, obviously, every ecosystem is dealing with, but uh, including Romania. And um, it's sometimes some actually Romanian startups or the average age could even be below the European average. So this is one of the reasons we started at Groy. And that's why we are such a, um, you know, ecosystem player, not just a venture studio. Uh, we are part of different organizations such as Startup Grind. So we are trying to address uh, the startup failure rate, which is pretty high. We do believe that the model that we're building right now uh, could potentially um, help companies reach that seed stage or Series A much faster and with much higher success. Um, at the same time, I think 
in Romania, we have a quite nascent um, uh, sort of a market of angel investors. Um, and to get to that um, really strong market of angel investors, that requires education. That requires more experienced investors sharing their know-how, um, as well as serial entrepreneurs, for example, exiting their startups, coming back to the market, investing in this company. So essentially venture building companies could potentially accelerate that race of exit. So then the entrepreneur comes back into the market and further invests. I bet everyone knows UiPath. I was actually looking at the startup genome report, which was just released today. And um, it, I, was, I was really pleased to see Bucharest, the second, it was the second um, ecosystem um, on the top 10 ecosystem in terms of value um, in the world um, as a city. And the first place he was uh, Detroit and then Bucharest. And then you had other really great hubs, right? But on the Bucharest. And I think the value, I hope I'm not mistaken, but it was around 35, 38 billion dollars. Uh, and fundamentally, UiPath, I think, is probably like 90% of that, right? But that we need that visibility. We need that, um, you know, the, 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 the stories of startup founders coming back to invest further in the market. So just to wrap up on that, I would say the startup failure rates is one issue. The investors and the investor readiness to invest, um, I would say, is the second issue. And then I think it's just um, the, the third one, I would say, is not necessarily an issue. It's something that I think can be done better. It's just connecting corporations, universities, industry experts, startups, right? Because that's really fundamental to a venture studio, um, at least in our case, uh, how we do it at Groy. Uh, I suspect it's also quite tricky when you don't have face-to-face -face meetings anymore. And uh, so um, yeah. before we, we dive into Ahmad's question and Jamil's question, I would like to ask you, how was it dealing with non-face-to-face -face meetings. I mean, collaboration, cooperation with different people online is kind of tricky because you have to wait for one person to finish talk because then nobody can hear when you talk over others. And uh, it's kind of make it like impersonal, most, yeah. more robotic. So how did you tackle that challenge? Uh, I don't know if I tackle the challenge, but if I mean, you, you, we know each other better and you know how um, like I'm always like hopping on a plane and going somewhere. And um, I, I, I've done it uh, to, to some extent throughout the pandemic as well. Um, maybe not as much as I did it before, but um, anytime I had the opportunity maybe to be with my team or, for example, be in Warsaw also with the summit or having other face to face meetings, I've done it. But you're absolutely right. It's been challenging. Um, I think it's, um, it's it's not a secret to say that it might even affect your just overall mental well-being. I mean, just staring at a screen for God knows how many hours a day, um, and I'm doing that uh, for long hours. Um, it's exhausting. And um, the way I think we've, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to sort of like hack my own uh, schedule, uh, speaking about productivity hacks, I'm trying to kind of squeeze all my meetings towards the end of the week so then I can have plenty of time to like sit down and focus, especially at the start. Um, if we don't need to see each other face to face, I will just do phone calls because that really helps sometimes. Um, 
but I, I don't think there's such yeah I think it's a temporary fix isn't it um I'm really pleased to see that Europe is reopening again because the one thing and I think this is also applicable to Wolf Summit um which we're, we're doing it hybrid so luckily this upcoming edition is going to be is going to be great and probably the biggest so far the one thing you can't replicate is it's um it's in-person meetings right but that personal touch and personal connection especially with us at Gry when we're trying to you know grow the studio meet new potential partners or even that face-to-face -face investor meeting um and just one last thing to add before we we move on um there is a there's an actually upside to this um and uh I, I, I probably everyone expects that but what the pandemic also uh created was a massive opportunity for entrepreneurs startups from anywhere outside major hubs to be able to fundraise so if there's one you know good side of of the pandemic if i can put it this way um would be that this really allowed maybe underrepresented founders or what, the ones that didn't have the opportunity maybe to be in front of those major vcs um suddenly to be able to invest online because also vcs had to adapt right i've, I've met a mm. lot of venture capital firms that they they were not passive during the last year they actively invested in new startups so yeah, always look at the price. They adapted side. quickly. So quickly, that's, yes. yes, that's the secret sauce. Ahmad, we met in um, one of the startup weekends before. Then I met him with you. He was assisting you on the way and the route to, to meeting uh, with me in the hotel. Ahmad that's is it. asking how Venture Studios shortened the path to exit for startups? Uh, good question. Yeah, knowing Ahmad is always asking um, good question, but uh, maybe complex questions that we might not be able to answer even for the rest of the session, but I will be short. Um, well, what, so one thing, um, and this is not just me um, uh, talking about this, this uh, stats. Um, luckily, we have organizations that are doing this research for us, so I can name it um, on podcasts like, like this one. Um, I believe it was GSSN that um, released a white paper last year, um, and that paper got a lot of attention because we're starting to see the first studios um, producing really great results, right? So that's one of the things everyone maybe or some investors might be skeptical because it's such a new model that you're just seeing now some of the successes coming out. So when I read that paper, I remember that um, interestingly enough, startups coming out of venture studios, they have twice as fast of a, of a, of a growth path to seed stage and even three times as fast to Series A compared to a startup that uh, was built um, externally out, out in the wild, right? How we say it. So immediately you can see that the fact that you have almost everything put together, right? All the resources that you need as a company when you're getting started from marketing support, HR, um, financials, accounting, design, everything um, together. This really saves the founder time space to just focus on the business and drive it forward um but also it depends how how you build the startup so for example at cry um when we do work with external partners um 
of course, it's in, it's in our best interest and for them as well to target a short-term exit. That helps, of course, the partner um, take over the company. They can decide if they want to run it externally or incubate it inside the mother company. Um, but this also creates exactly that learning curve that I mentioned earlier to go as an entrepreneur from through all stages of, of growth. Um, so I think venture studios are doing a great job at potentially shortening the path to exits also based on the successes that we've seen. And I think there's going to be many more. So potentially this, uh, we should ask this question again, maybe in three, two, three, five years, I'm sure we'll get more results and more stats to look at then. Yes, and more um, bunnies who are going to test it, right? So uh, Matt has another question, and I'm sorry for to say your name uh, incorrectly. I'm Matt. I know that Diana is saying that properly. Um, you know, I was so happy to to say Diana Florescu because it's so easy with Eastern Europe, uh, whereas with uh, Matt, it's quite tricky. Are there any venture studio focusing on female founders and or femtech? Mm. To be honest, now that I'm aware of, however, um, there's a lot more um, there's a lot more female at senior, very senior levels inside these venture building studios. Um, I mean, arguably, you could call, for example, Entrepreneur First um, a venture studio. It's a bit different, of course, from what we do at Gride, but uh, it was regarded as a venture studio and uh, is led by, um, there's, there's two founders, there's a female founder. Um, I think there are um, venture studios that could potentially, or they have this uh, as a thesis for the startups that they're building. But as far as I'm aware, I don't know of any specialized female tech um, startup studios. There are specialized startup studios in industries. Uh, and we're seeing that more and more um, in entertainment, in media, RGA, for example, it's an accelerated type of venture studio. So that's maybe a discussion for another time, but they are a massive um, uh, digital creative agency that also have a venture studio. And then we see more specialized ones like in software, for example, um, or even deep tech or healthcare. But sorry to disappoint, I can't think of anyone that um, well, the good, thing is, <laughs> the good thing is there are many venture studios with female leaders and that definitely changes the uh, mindset of many women who would like to see more role models leading the change. So, uh, Ahmad, thank you very much for your questions. Let's go into Jamil's question. Hello, Diana. Diana, what are the variables that venture capital takes into consideration when choosing the company in which to invest? Um, I'm smiling because thank you, Jamil, for your question. Um, I had this question, I think, uh, came up in a panel discussion um, joined by... Uh, um, and another fellow venture studio, so that the Heart and uh, Michal from um, Tar Heel Pathfinder, which is a venture studio and a venture capital firm at the same time. And um, one thing that I, I can imagine how conf confusing this is, uh, and maybe I can rephrase or I can help rephrase the question, is that we as a venture studio, we don't invest in external companies. Um, so even if we had a fund, we would 
prioritize the funds or the 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 the, the money allocation towards our company. So I think basically um, maybe what Jamil is uh, you wanna you wanna ask is how do you let's say prioritize um, the ideas or the companies that we are trying to build in the studio and um, that's that's a that's a really good question and um, it's it's always a tricky one, um, isn't it? So. We, we do have a scorecard, if you can call it this way, and we almost have or follow a due diligence process almost like any investor. Um, it's in our best interest to kill that idea really fast. So that's actually one of the key differentiators between, let's say, accelerators or uh, startup founders building a startup by themselves. It's not in our interest to, for example, keep trying, keep trying, or spend too much time on this because that means a lot of time, commitment, uh, which equals money, right? So um, we look at opportunities where, not all the time, but most of the time, we look at opportunities where we can exit or partner with a larger corporation. So um, we are on the lookout of opportunities or, um, of course, some of the uh, needs or customer problems or challenges that our corporate partners voice to us. They are uh, they are important to us. And then we look at the market sizing of that opportunity. Who else is out there? How many companies, startups? How are the startups looking like from a business model? What about the fundraising or the exits? Um, and which markets that's been done before? So this, everything that I'm mentioning right now, it compiles a scorecard, um, which we kind of take through every idea that we create. Um, and then just one last thing to say, we almost never um, work on idea that um, or a startup that it's already existing in the market um, or we feel that it's, it's just too competitive, right? So um, sometimes we do look at different markets. So for example, Australia or the US um, and it's a good inspirational source for us or what can be done here. But we take this approach, it's, it's very rigorous for us. Because as I said, it, we have to just move really fast with ideas. Um, usually, we don't spend more than three months, uh, even less, I would say. It takes us about a month just to like have an idea, test it, validate it, and then decide whether we want to proceed forward or not. So are you looking for any projects right now? Or is it uh, usually startups that approach you? I mean, um, we do have, so we already have three startups that um, uh, we've started at Gry. So these are uh, our own um, our own companies, our own ideas. There are different stages of growth. Um, one exciting project. Um, so one of the companies is an e-commerce. Uh, it's a marketplace that it's it's redefining the gifting experience. Um, we are launching uh, this this new business next next month. So that's really exciting. Um, then we have a different company um, in a completely new space uh, in sustainability, green energy, which we're really excited about. But it's, it's it's quite different, and that requires a completely different approach that really keeps us busy. Um, it's also fair to say that we we are a, a team of eight people, um, and uh, it's probably you know we could probably run about two three companies of such in parallel. Um, so we're almost kind of reaching that capacity at the moment. Uh, the moment we will be able to uh, fundraise for the startups, then we will welcome new new ideas, obviously, in the studio. 
however, we do work with startups in, in other capacities. So um, I did mention, I think, in the beginning, we sometimes advise or help with fundraising. Um, there are times when, uh, for example, we, uh, we, we could provide with go-to-market strategies. This is actually what GRI's core function is about. Um, our expertise lies in commercials, business development and marketing, and we have other adjacent functions. Um, so right now, um, if there's any startup listening in um, that, uh, for example, would be interested to scale also internationally, we have very close connections with Singapore, um, as well as Japan, um, Southeast Asia or the US. Um, if they would uh, require maybe just a, an expert view on their business model or the startup overall, uh, absolutely. I think we can we can always consider that. Um, there's more information on our website as well on greatventures.com uh, for anyone interested. Well, we'll follow on that. But before you follow, let's go into Olga's another question. So what is the principal uh, unique selling point for a venture build, uh, builder studio? Uh, it depends. I think it depends. It's almost like... A, you know, any any startup would have a unique selling point, isn't it? Um, I well, let, maybe let's start, let's think about Gry because that's a practical example, isn't it? Um, I think a uh, unique selling point for us um, it's the sort of um, the, the the function or let's say call it a package, if you like, that we would provide um, the moment we we create a company, right? So, uh, starting with the idea, validating the idea when it's ready to go to market we will look to hire a ceo um, and a cto but gry fundamentally stays there so we act as almost as a co-founder if you like providing that uh, the important resources that you need at the start of your venture um i would also say it's more of a characteristic than a unique selling point but we do focus on software primarily so um i i, I mentioned that some uh, startup startup studios they have uh, 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 they're specialized in certain industries or business models. We are industry agnostic, for example. However, we do prefer to work with software. That's a market and a business model that we understand, and we've done it before. And I think the unique selling point. Uh, well, the, as far as I know, uh, I would love to be challenged, but there's no um, other venture studio of such in in Romania but also in um in, in Eastern Europe um I think uh, Poland is uh is represented by a couple of venture studios and of course there's many more in the in the in the west but we don't have uh these organizations in in Central Eastern Europe and also um our approach to creating these companies I think it's uh, it's quite unique and uh it, it has a blend of internal uh, ideation, working with universities, so university spin-outs, but also uh, looking and building that function potentially to partner up with corporations as well. So it's a three-in-one, three-in-one venture studio. Fabulous. Thank you very much, Olga, for your question, challenging question to Diana. Yeah, I see um, people are very asking really, really tough questions. So I know, know, I know, indeed, as a founder of a mission to run startups, uh, the unique um, startup um, 
cohort built in Torun, the birthplace of Nicolaus Copernicus, I know that many people are just all puzzled about, you know, all these hackathons, uh, incubators and uh, accelerators and all these buzzwords are really confusing. So it's very good to yeah. have you here and be our expert and answer all these questions. So uh, let's go into how Venture uh, Studio makes money or does it? Well, we should. Otherwise, uh, I think we will be out of uh, out of the market, out of business very soon. Um, venture, I think. Um, well, there's multiple ways of of, uh, of making money, uh, of course, with with venture building. But um, I think as a successful venture builder, uh, almost as a VC, right? You you want your portfolio of companies to uh, to raise money and potentially to have a successful exit, where based on the exits of course uh, you would you would uh, you would gain some proceeds which you'll be able to further invest in in your business um, there as I said there's multiple ways of potentially making revenue alongside because um, an exit could take I mean right now at the rate at the rate I see unicorns coming to market just before our talk that I was actually looking at doc planner just um, they raised an additional round which makes them officially a unicorn just a week later after um, after another Polish company that um, announced their um, uh, their $1 billion valuation, which is crazy, right? But let's assume that yeah. a, an exit would happen, let's say in four or five years from now, obviously you do have to sustain the operations of your venture studio. So um, in our case, uh, when the startup um, goes out of the venture studio as a spin-off, then um, our let's say resources or services, if you like, um, are almost treated as um, um, as an external uh, external provider, right? At a discounted rate for sure, because it's in our best interest, but we do uh, receive additional revenue from, from the company. So there are recharges, this is how we call them. Um, and then it, it also, um, it, it could be, uh, well, if you do get a profit along the years, you could also uh, take dividends as well. But this too, uh, the recharges on the startups um, and uh, potentially fees for sitting on the board as well as a member and the proceeds that you'll be able to make uh, as part of those exits, that's one way, right? So or these are basically two, two streams of revenue. Um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty vast question because it goes down to your business model, of course, as a studio. Because there are studios that are built primarily to create companies, let's say, for larger corporations. So that's immediately a transactional, um, it's a transactional relationship, right? So there's maybe no equity involved as a studio. Um, you wouldn't necessarily look at any short-term exits primarily, but um, you would price per project, and that's a pr that's fine. That's an approach as well. It's just not something that we do at Gra, and I think we're way better off um, co-creating and, and potentially also co-investing with these partners alongside. Mm. So are you planning to launch a hackathon or any other way of attracting these startups with brilliant ideas to your venture studio? Um, probably not, not a hackathon. Um, I would say that the, the, the way this works, um, we would probably so 
we're kind of we're fortunate to to be part of different organizations that allow us to um, have access to a really good talent. Um, the moment we are sure or we validated a concept or an idea internally, then we would look uh, look for that potential CEO to join. Um, of course, there are startups that do reach out to us for potentially other support, um, as I mentioned, fundraising or just purely consulting on their business. Um, and that's absolutely fine. But um, we have to be, I think it is the nature of a venture studio, we have to be quite restrictive. So we wouldn't, let's say, put on a big show to get the startups. We are very selective in our approach. And it's usually the other way around. So we're the ones kind of like, chasing down uh, the right people and the right companies to work with. Chasing down the unicorns. So, um, yeah, we, we are, have to be realistic, um, though. So uh, we're not unicorns so uh, anytime soon. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the core concept of Mission to Run, our startup community, was to bring everybody to the table because there are so many ways to make um, uh, entrepreneurship and, and help the economy grow that this pie is enormous. The size of it is so big. And tech is the driver for all organizations now. We need all our networks to be uh, prepared, including Venture Studio, and attract these startups um, and uh, and make uh, sure that they are uh, they adapt quickly. So I've got a couple of questions. We are ten minutes to the end of the show. I just wanted to ask you: um, Are you working on any exciting new project right now? Uh I, apart from Grai, uh, which uh, takes uh, 150% of our time, uh, and I'm sure if Stefani is listening in, he, he knows what I'm saying. Uh, the long, long nights, long days, uh, but we absolutely love it. Um, I think there's a couple of exciting projects within Grai. Um, so the, the new business, the e-commerce platform that we are working on, um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, it has a lot of potential to redefine the gifting experience and provide a much more digital experience to users, but also our retail partners. So that is coming up next month, um, and I'll be able to share more. Um, we do also uh, focus a lot on fundraising. So uh, that's maybe uh, something for any investor listening in as well. Um, our approach has changed a lot over the last uh, uh, nine, 12 months when I officially joined, uh, joined Rai, uh, and it's been a really steep learning curve. And I think this is always going to be the case with venture building models. So we're going to learn, continue to learn a lot. But right now, um, we are looking to not to raise a fund by all means, but we are raising uh, a, a niche round of investment in Rai. So if we can call it a project, that would be uh, that would be a project, and then um, there's another uh, adjacent to investment as well. Uh, we've been very active at um, educating the market in Europe uh, about a, a new investment type, which is called media for equity. Which essentially what that means is that a startup, especially a, a, a direct to consumer company. 
um, that already validated their business and they're ready to scale and get in front of the mass market, um, they would partner with TV stations or uh, media broadcasters in a way that they would give away equity and the media partner would provide them with airtime or media space. And it's a model that is picking up uh, and it's been growing over the last decade. Again, pre-established in, in, in the West, not so established or known in Europe or even in Southeast Asia. Um, so that's something that we've, uh, we've been working on for the last few months. There's more exciting updates coming up on that uh, topic. There's a white paper we released as well in, uh, in May this year. So it's on the website. Uh, it's a media for equity white paper. And um, that's, again, going back to our, our almost, uh, you know, the, the scope, the vision we created at GRI. Uh, we're trying to build the right function to help startups grow. And potentially media for equity could also be a way of further investing in our companies. And lastly, because that's how we met Beata, I do have to say a few words as well about Wolf Summit because I'm just super, super excited about the growth that uh, we've achieved with the summit in the last year. Um, and Mike, uh, is, is, he's been sharing a lot of uh, interesting updates as well on his LinkedIn. Uh, just today, we put up the agenda for the edition coming up in 27 days officially so really counting those days Yay. um yeah i mean it's it's gonna be probably the the, the biggest edition uh by now and uh, of course nobody forgot what's been happening for the last 12 months and it's been a tough year for the event industry however we just we just marched on and um my involvement with with the summit as uh, as you know so i've i've always been uh, working really closely with mike and uh, being on the board and helping with the overall company um, plans and strategy moving forward. And it's it's been a spectacular year. We've helped over 40 other partners, really large organizations as well, including Panasonic um, and UN, create their own events um, alongside creating Wolf Summit. And there's really exciting things coming up in 2022 uh, with the summit, where Dry is also a partner. Um, and it's a new, it's a new conference that's, that we're that's, announcing. That's really fantastic. And I want to know the sauce you're eating in your diet because this doesn't look like the normal seven days week. Yeah, I know. I, it's not. I, it just you don't get much sleep. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. Uh, I think I'm gonna get enough no. sleep maybe when I retire. <laughs> whenever that's gonna happen, if ever. But yeah. No, oh, you're right. absolutely. It's a lot of work. I'll be sitting in it. my grave. That's that's <laughs> true. Yeah, exactly. that's when you're passionate about something, you just keep on doing things and you don't mind the fact that it's really dark. Everybody's sleeping around you. So that's right. let's go into our favorite questions. I mean, everybody's waiting for that moment when you're going to share what is your favorite life lesson quote and how did it shape you? your life mm, yes um i do have i think that's probably everyone else um and to be honest with you i can't remember who said this uh, or how i came across it but i feel like it really defines everything i've done and uh, the quote sounds sounds like this um if opportunity doesn't knock uh then build a door and I, I i like it and i think it really resonated uh, uh over the last six seven years of my career and 
that's because I've always stepped in. I, I've stepped in in roles that were not defined. Um, I've always worked in startups, um, all stages of their growth. So from the early stages to potentially seed or even later growth stage series A. And I always had to shape my own role. I always had to hustle. I think I'm the true definition of a hustler and I love it. Um, I, I, I like to shape up things. I like to have that autonomy um, in my role um, and to be able to work. I think I've realized maybe the leadership style as well that I have is just it's within, right? So you can lead from the front, you can lead from the back. I've always been one with the team and really like working alongside people. And if there's no opportunity, then just, you know, they just build a door. Bravo, sister. Amen to that. And I can definitely say that, uh, you know, uh, everything comes to those who hustle why they wait. So we've been waiting for that favorite um, person you would take with you mm. on a private breakfast. Who would it be and why? Uh, that was, um, this is a really tough question because I had many people popping to mind, but I'm going to be biased mm. because maybe I, um, I just finished reading her book. So that kind of like, maybe that, um, that, stayed in my mind but um and by all means I'm show not us political. the book uh what we have it? just no. i do have it it's just i'm just gonna quickly tilt my screen it's covered uh, it's, yep. it's 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 michelle obama and i'm not i was about to say i'm not political at all uh almost like her actually i don't um i, I don't I, I i've never been into politics so well, that conversation is not going there but um i've read her book and I've just been really inspired. I've been inspired by her life. Um, I've been inspired, not just because she's she's a woman of color, but just her determination right from the start and where she started, right? She started in a very modest family and where, she, where she's got where she's now right now, um, her career, her progression, her support um, as well during the presidency. I just, um, I think she's just, just a role model. Um, and I think she's quite modest as well. So I, I would love, I would, maybe not breakfast because I, I'm not a breakfast person, but maybe like lunch or dinner, I, I would love that. Well, we had breakfast in Warsaw and you didn't complain much, but... I know, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to make it, yeah, I'm always making exceptions, maybe, maybe as well this time, yes. Exactly, if she's got time in her diary, why not? So, Michelle Obama, if you're listening to us, Diana will <laughs> sure. invite you to breakfast and where you would you take her to? Mm, you know, this is funny, I... Um... I've never been to Danube Delta, and maybe that would be a very, very uh, special, almost, uh, you know, a quite unique breakfast because in in in, uh, in on the Danube Delta you're probably just going to have fish all the time, uh, but it's a quite unique place in Europe, um, and it's uh, just three hours drive from where I am right now. And I believe it or not, I've never been. Um, it's, it's it's special. It's unique. It's where. Danube River falls into the, into the Black Sea and it, it creates a gorgeous, you know, environment. So maybe there. Um, I would love to go Ooh. there. I don't know if she's going to um, travel all the way here, but um, who knows, maybe on a Ooh. private jet or something. 
Absolutely. Probably listening to uh, uh, Strauss, um, you know, beautiful <laughs> Danube <laughs> vault. Who knows? Anyway, that's all, folks. We have reached the end of episode 32 with Diana, Fol Diana Florescu speaking from Romania, beautiful country uh, I ought to visit. If you're going there, make sure you tap into her contact list. It's enormous. Venture Studio, <laughs> adapting quickly. That's her mantra and staying and hustling. To stay updated and ensure you never miss another positivity hack delivered, please follow Women on IT and hack the future with us. I would like to send special thanks and regards to our lovely chatters today, who are Olga Vasina, Amat Preyre, Jemil Navarosa, and I would like to also invite everyone. Next week, we are joined by Alec Watson, and we are going to learn how to define your visual identity. If you focus on positives, the positives get more positive. As always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little harder. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude, as Maya Angelou would say. Today is your day to hug the future, hug the positivity you want. Thank you. Thank you, Beata.